Welcome to premiere night on the WB's new Tuesday. The season premiere of Angel is just one hour away, but first... I've changed a lot since I first became the Slayer. And I'm still changing. She was chosen to lead the fight against the forces of darkness. Do you think it's coincidence you're being here? Oh, why can't you people just leave me alone? Because you are the Slayer. With the help of allies and the sacrifices made by friends, Buffy Summers has answered her destiny as the protector of the night. To each generation of the Slayer is born one girl in all the world, a chosen one, one born with the strength and skill to hunt the vampires. But the path of the chosen one is a long initiation. I am destruction, absolute, alone, Slayer, the first. Ever since we did that spell where we called on the first Slayer, I've changed a lot. Tonight, destiny will bring Buffy face to face with the greatest vampire of all. Do you know what a Slayer is? Do you? Do not fight. I can feel your hunger. Buffy will begin to unlock the legacy she has yet to fully understand. I think you know what you are. What's to come? You haven't even begun. Buffy meets Dracula. And now, the WB presents the season premiere of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Followed by the season premiere of Angel. Welcome to the many faces of Jeff Cobra. Also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, this is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 5, Episode 1, Buffy vs. Dracula! We'll be talking about about characters, and we'll be talking about Dark Master Bader himself! So spoilers are bound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and possibly even other shows or movies. Everyone under the chick pit, it's time to get under some thrall. Welcome back, everybody. I cannot believe it's been so long. I'm so excited to be here with my co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Say hello. I'm sorry. Am I a Rapido Girl? Yes. Rapido Girl, also known as Daniel. My name is Kelly. And I am so excited to be talking about my favorite season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season five, the very first one, Buffy vs. Dracula. What an amazing episode. It originally aired September 26th of the year 2000, written by written, written by written, written by Marty Noxon. This is uh, 16 or seven, 17 or 16 and a third. Oh, yes. Because doomed. Never well, forget. I want to say official apologies uh, to Doug Petrie. All of the hate is in the past. Oh, we're moving we're, forward. Clean slate. Okay, so we're moving forward. 17 officially. 17. 17 of 23 for the series for her. The last one she wrote was New Moon Rising. Then the next one will be Into the Woods, where Riley leaves. Uh, directed Sweet. by David Solomon. This is 6 of 19 for him. Last was Where the Wild Things Are. And the next will be No Place Like Home, which is season or episode 5 of the season. So... What happened in this episode? Can I say before you summarize that, I know that you're serious about this episode because you're gripping the handle of your microphone the so stand, tight. The so stand, just when you're, when you're listening to Kelly's voice, she is holding on for dear life. I'm so excited. It's just so story. good. The second I started watching, I was like, oh, I miss my friends. And the show is so good. So, yeah, I have to contain myself. Okay. <laughs> I have to hold on to reality by holding on to the mic stand. Okay. How did it all go down? <laughs> Let me tell you, brother. It went down. <laughs> like, start with Buffy's dream. <laughs> start with Buffy's dream. Uh, she's she's running. She's she's running. not a dream. No, so she, she wakes up. Right, that's what it is. Yeah, she goes and kills a vampire. Very intense. We have the 
new composer in town who loves a horn blast. Loves it, which make it still a little cheesy during the fight scenes, but that's fine. That's fine. Uh, and then we cut to beach day. Remember the beach, guys? Go fish. Remember that episode? That's how we know there's a beach. And there's a beach. And we're throwing footballs. And we're setting fires. And then cut. We're in Giles' apartment. Giles is scanning stuff. <laughs> Or Willow's scanning stuff. Giles is sad. Vines in Willow. I'm going to leave because Buffy doesn't need me. And then we go to another fight scene with Buffy. She's chasing after a vampire. And then who comes upon her but motherfucking Dracula. That's right. The real Dracula. He's really here. Everyone's really excited and lusting over him because Willow and Xander show up. And they're like, oh, God, it's Dracula. Can you believe he's also penetrating? The word penetrating is said so many times mm-hmm. we go tell our friends about dracula yeah it's the real dracula what do we do uh I, me i'm riley let's go i'm gonna go threaten spike's life and ask him where dracula hangs out and then spike has a quip about knowing dracula because of course and then we find dracula's mansion and buffy fights him but he doesn't actually die because he's dracula the end except for a little epilogue scene buffy goes into her bedroom and who's there some girl we've never seen before after joyce says Buffy, take your sister with you. And then they both scream, Mom! Implying that they're both Joyce's daughters. But we all knew that because Joyce has been in the show for four seasons now. Joyce, I mean, done. Yay! Yay. <laughs> That's what happened. Wow. Holy freaking moly. That's a great synopsis. Well, I mean, the point is Dracula showed up. Nothing matters. You missed the whole heart heart tear-jerking scene where Buffy tells Giles, I need you, don't oh, go to no. England. Oh, right, yes. That did very happen. important. And it is very important. Yeah. It's the only thing that actually matters in this episode other than Dawn. Yeah, Dawn and that. Yeah. Like, that's literally But I glossed it. right over it, because Dracula! <laughs> Put the stake down. Okay. Fun fact slash first, or whatever, the part that I say after the plot, which is, this is the first time that Giles has been by a vampire, supposedly. Okay, this is on the Wikipedia article. But in the chick pit, I don't think... I don't actually show him getting bitten. And he doesn't, like... He's not blood on him afterwards. So I think that is not true. Cool fact. Wikipedia could have just not written it down, but here we are. Uh, first appearance of Dawn, obviously. And she will be in every single episode after really? this. Which I did not realize. I thought that she was just only in a couple. But that makes sense. Not a couple. I guess a lot. Whatever. I'm too much coffeeed. Um... <laughs> there was an alternative end for this episode, which I think would have been better for uh, the Buffy versus Dracula fight at the very end. Uh, he, instead of disappearing and then reappearing and disappearing, he was supposed to just like, Giles and Riley were going to burst in and he was going to stare at Buffy and be like, it's too bad you would have been perfect or whatever. And then turns into a wolf and jumps out the window. And I kind of like that better than like, because it's a little schlock at the end where he's like, I'm dust. Ooh. Ah. But I'm still old. It would also keep continuity with vampires jumping out of windows. Which is very angel. As long as the window smashes and he's like, wow. Yes. Uh, This almost wasn't Dracula. Marie Noxon originally had written it and pitched it as like a Dracula-like vampire. Just a guy. What did she say? I I quoted her. So I'm going to do that. Just another vamp who rode a horse and was all cool like Dracula. To which Joss said, why not Dracula? He's public domain. And so Buffy versus Dracula was born. (laughs) Uh, Emma Caulfield is in the credits for the first time, and Amber Benson is, it says, as Tara under her name. So She wasn't in this episode, really, so. No, she was not. not. But she was wearing basically the same shirt as Willow, because we hate her. Uh, Buffy has a new stunt double, has two new stunt doubles, actually, from this point forward, because as we know, Sophia Crawford was, uh, the last episode of her was the one before Restless, Primeval. And uh, so now she has 
two stunt doubles, Michelle Waitman and Melissa Barker, whom I think both size-wise are a better match for her. Sophia Crawford's pretty tall uh, and really, like, muscular, and these, like, frame-wise, I think they fit Buffy. It flows a little better. Although it you was, can definitely it, tell. You can definitely tell, but yeah. it did look better. It's mostly the hair that you can tell, though, because one of them has, like, really straight hair, and Buffy... Buffy's golden locks, they're perfect. They are perfect. They look Season great. five hair looking great. They did really good. The choreography immediately, I felt like, holy shit, this is like, these are good fight scenes. Yeah, and, um, God, one of them, I should have wrote this down, I think it's Melissa Waitman, is actually, Sarah Michelle Gellar's, like, stunt double on a lot of stuff. Yeah, So they, clearly, she was a good match, and and they must get along because she's always around her. Freddie Prince Jr. was pitched as being Dracula this episode. (laughs) No shade on Freddie. But that would be bad. It would be bad. There's no way you could look at him and be like, that's no Dracula. Yeah. And I don't want to see the two of them on screen together. No. Well, I mean, (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Well, I haven't seen that. I haven't either. So I'm not going to. I refuse to see them together. And and if it was Freddie Prince Jr., we would have been robbed of Rudolph Martin. Which is truly, (laughs) truly the the main component here. Rudolph Martin. Incredible. If you if you saw Rudolph Martin and you were like, man, wow, what a great Dracula. I wish there was a full-length movie about him being Dracula. You are almost in luck. Because <laughs> one month, basically, after this episode aired. So this episode, September 26, 2000. And then on October 31st, a.k.a. Halloween, of the Whoa. same year of our Lord, 2000, Rudolph Martin would reprise his role as Vlad the Impaler. Not so much Dracula, just the prequel on Fun Bits for not a so TV much Dracula, movie. Basically, not Dracula. <laughs> for a TV <laughs> movie called, I think, Dark Prince, the colon, true, the true or untold story, no, the true story of, the, Dracula. of Dracula. The untold story of Dracula. Yes. And the whole thing is available on YouTube. And of course, we watched it. And it was awful. Got to watch it with the closed <laughs> captions on. I because the YouTube can't. subtitles are like auto generated, and I guess, or someone did no, it. No, no, the auto generated ones are, are just fine ish. No, still terrible. Everybody has yeah. bad accents in this. I mean, Roger Daltrey from The Who is. Is a king in this? Like, sure is. Robocop is in it. Yeah, Robocop's here. Everyone's here. It's terrible. Don't watch it with the official subtitles. Gotta watch it with the ones that are user made. The, the English UK, UK ones. ones. Those They're are the best. Insane. It's just like what was it like? Some highlights. Apple, <laughs> Apple Technologies sound. Yeah, I gotta tell you, none of those things because this is set in the 1400s. Yes. We're set in this movie, but iconically, <laughs> just the quiet moments. Just the word "yeah" is on the bottom. <laughs> okay. Is on the bottom. <laughs> It's amazing. So that alone is an art piece. Yes. Uh, the movie, I don't know. I, the movie was fine. Uh, mostly historically You said it was on the USA, the USA yeah, Network. It was a TV, made-for-TV movie for Halloween on the USA Network. Um, but man, it's, I I don't know. It was. It's like an hour and a half. It was maybe kind of worth it. But, it was worth it with the subtitles. But if you are expecting actual vampire anything, you will be disappointed because it is a inaccurate historical war movie. Yeah. And that is all. Do you know that there's a Dracula? This is not to be confused with Dracula 2000, also in the year of our Lord 2000. Oh, that's right. Gerald Butler. Yeah. I forgot that even existed. I I mean, I said this last night. I was like, we kind of go through these periods of like, Dracula's a thing. Mm -hmm. Apparently, 2013 was the time. Uh, And 2000 was the time, time, for sure. So, I mean, I'm sure Buffy helped bring that back. But this was directed by Joe Chappelle. Joe Chappelle, executive producer of The Fucking Wire. No shit. He, He directed, what, six episodes of The Wire? Including season four, the first episode of season four with all the kids. Like, what, Joe? I mean, it did look great for what it's worth. So many sets, so many places. I mean, it's worth a watch just on that level. Like, as a historical movie, 
it's probably wrong on yeah. the history. Uh, yeah. Clearly, the Romania stuff, we talked about it all as no, we were watching yeah, it. Yeah. What is it, Wallachia or whatever? Yes. Like, that's what it actually is. So that stuff is probably not so good. But there's so many locations, so many people. It looks like, great. And I mean, it it's great. got like a six-point-something rating on IMDb, which is feels real high. But the production value, like the what, the top comment you read was like, it's great for a TV movie. And yeah. I, I would agree. Like, they go, they have many, many locations, and you will zip through them at a blinding speed that you cannot <laughs> understand what the fuck is going on because you are in a different location every time someone says a word. So... And you're just waiting for Dracula. Watch, watch your beware. No spoilers. No Dracula. <laughs> no spoilers, but also no Dracula. <laughs> um, but it definitely got me in the mood for learning the true story of the Dark Masturbator. And I would love for somebody, Stacia, to tell me all about it. Oh, geez. All about ham-fisted segways, season five, coming in strong. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That can be our lead into the section. <laughs> Well, I think we have Dracula factoids. Like any of that's enough to fight the Dark Master. Bader. So, Kelly assigned me with the not at all overwhelming topic of vampires and their mythology. <laughs> vampires, what's that about? <laughs> Considering we're four seasons into a vampire show, we haven't actually talked about so them at all. the lore of Buffy the Vampire Slayer right now. Mm-hmm. For <sighs> All right, so I'm going to talk about Dracula, but I'm going to talk about how Dracula came to be first, which is you got to put yourself in the mindset of someone in like the 1600s mm-hmm. who doesn't understand what happens when you die or what causes people to die. <laughs> yeah. That's because everything feels magical. Everything feels supernatural because sure. we don't know how bodies work. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there are a lot of superstitions about dying and death and what you need to do to protect yourself and how diseases are spread because we didn't know the scientific realities of these things. Um, And that's when you get into these weird um, superstitions about vampires. Basically, it's a combination of medical science being so bad we couldn't tell if someone was actually dead, burying them alive, and then digging them up when we heard them screaming to find bloody hands and teeth and a dead person. And you think they're a vampire. So that's that's step one. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing if someone is dead, check. Okay. Step two is if you um, don't understand the stages of decomposition, there's a period after rigor mortis where the body goes limp again. And it's much more like lifelike than you would expect like a rigid dead corpse to be. Also, as bodies decompose, they produce gases, so they tend to plump up. So... um, If you exhumed someone after they died and they were, you know, thin, frail, but when you exhume them, they're all plump and they're like soft to the touch. You think, look, what's going on here? They're they look healthier than they were when they were alive. On top of that, as people decompose and the gases happen, blood tends to come out of the mouth and nose. It's like pushed out of the body. Also, um, digestive juices, which are like orange. So it can look like. Blood. Someone's rosy, like cheeked. Right. There's blood on the mouth. They look fresh and vibrant. And you're like, what is going on? They're clearly crawling out of their grave and feeding They're on feeding people, on right? People. Yeah. And then Amazing. another thing is people used to die from like tuberculosis, um, like these like super communicable diseases, but they didn't understand what was causing it. And so they thought, and this especially ran in families where if like your kid died of tuberculosis and you buried them, that they could essentially suck your life force out of you because they were dead (laughs) and they would yeah yeah, and essentially they could like give you tuberculosis it was like this disease contagion idea of them coming back to life and infecting you 
with the same disease that they died of because people and families often caught the same diseases that were highly contagious and died in groups. <laughs> what? So you would, um, to stop this from happening, have to exhume people and, like, burn their bodies or stake them through the heart so that they couldn't actually come back and haunt you. And this is this is a thing, like, throughout the entire world. Like, yeah. like every culture had ideas of dead people coming back and, like, haunting the living. And they were all wrong. They were all wrong. <laughs> and then the last thing is rabies, interestingly enough, um, because rabies has a lot of symptoms that we associate with vampirism now. It um, makes it really hard for you to sleep, so people often seem nocturnal if they have rabies. It causes you to foam at the mouth and bite people. It makes you not want to be around the sun. You have hypersensitivity to light. And... Um, Unquenchable thirst, right? Like, yeah, and like you just act violent and scary. Um, and then people were quoted as saying, like, you couldn't be rabid if you could look in a mirror. So the idea of like you oh. don't have a reflection comes from that. Okay. And related to that and related to vampires is things that often give you rabies are wolves and bats. Right. Which is why they're related to vampire Vamp- lore. Vampirism is just rabies. It's rabies. <laughs> and people dying. And then apparently everyone's just getting unearthed a month why later. Why is everyone digging everyone about. up? They're like, mm, better check they're dead. Oh, yeah. shit. No, like literally that was the thought process. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling a weird feeling at night. I think it's like probably Aunt Mary. <laughs> yeah, I better dig her up and see what's going on. In the movies, being bitten by an animal gives you the superpowers of that animal plus other powers. But in real life, the only power you get is the power to die. Learn the facts. Rabies kills nearly 4,000 Americans every 1,000 years. Rabies. Ugh. These are all these ideas about death and decomposition and stuff and explanations for it. Enter, well, first, we have a couple of books about vampires before Bram Stoker's, like, I gotcha. Um... So the first, like, actual fictional book, because there were, like, stories that mentioned them, but not actually specifically about vampires. The first book about vampires was called, super creatively, The Vampire. <laughs> With a Y? With a Y. Yay! Yes. Buffy is so on top of this shit. 1819 was written by John Polidori, which was actually the doctor to Byron, and for a while Byron oh. was credited as writing this, but it wasn't is him. Is he a, a writer? He's a poet. Yeah, he's a poet. He's a really famous poet. Um... And his vampire was named Lord Ruthven, which I thought was nice. Ruthven. Not as cool. Ruthven. <laughs> Not as cool. Not as cool. It doesn't ring like Dracula. Wait, wait for the next one. The next vampire that we get in fiction is called Varney the Vampire. <laughs> the worst vampire name I've ever heard. Varney and Friends. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. This was a series of Penny Dreadful novels, which named because they cost a penny and the contents tended to be so dreadful. Oh, that's fun. Um, it's like pulp fiction. Yeah, they're essentially that. They're really cheap. Basically, anyone could afford them um, from 1845 to 1847. And then in 1871, Sheridan Le Fanu wrote Camilla, which is a lesbian novella about a vampire who likes to have, you know, blood sessions with other ladies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Very blood session. I don't know. Anyways. It was also turned into a web series in, like, 2013. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can watch lesbian vampires on the YouTube. So Bram Stoker was after all of these people? Yes. Damn, yes. I just have no context for Bram Stoker. I'm like, that dude probably yeah, 1820? Yeah. I have no idea. Thank God. Yeah, I mean, the vampire is almost 100 years before Bram Stoker. Wow. And so he's wow. 
he's inspired by these novels, but he's yeah. also inspired by this book from Emil- written by Emily Gerard called Transylvanian Superstitions, which came out in 1885. And she talks about basically the vampire myth. In Romania, they called vampires... Um, um, we'll lock you. Well, it was Romania. <laughs> yeah, it was Romania at this point. They called them um, Strigoi. And so she wrote, These restless spirits called Strigoi are not malicious, but their appearance bodes no good and may be regarded as omens of sickness or misfortune. More decidedly evil, however, is the vampire or Nosferatu in whom every Romanian peasant believes as firmly as he does in heaven or hell. So was Nosferatu the name of, of vampires writ large, not just a vampire? Or Yeah, okay. it was just the word for vampire. Mm, so he was Lord. like, yes, so I love this. I'm into We're this. Better. And he was like, I've got this great idea. I ate a bunch of crab one night. I was reading this book. I had a dream about a king vampire. Why is the crab relevant? Who rises from his grave. That's what he claims was the inspiration of his novel. He He's ate too much crab one night and had nightmares about a vampire king. So he's like, reading this book about Transylvanian superstitions, eating a lot of crab, <laughs> full of crab. And he's like, I've got the best idea for a book called The Wampire. The Wham. Wham. It's spelled with a W oh, and a Y. And then his wife said, Wampire. Like, and then, um, yeah. Cut so, off the, call the Wambulance for the Wampire. So as he's, as he's going through this, he's like, yeah, the Wampire. It's, it's brilliant. Oh, my God. Okay, that's the crab talking. You gotta let this settle. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing more research. He's reading lots of books. He really did like do a lot of thought into this. Um, and he ends up running across our friend Vlad the Impaler. Mm. Who's that? I can tell you a quick synopsis based on the please, Rudolph Martin please, movie that we watched. Vlad the Second of Blackia. There you go. Yeah. In a land of superstition and fear. Was born. They say he's a messiah. His name would strike terror in the hearts of all who heard it. His coming was foretold by the priests. Why aren't you begging for your life like any other man? Because he isn't like any other man. He has forsaken the truth and accepted the darkness. He's neither God nor devil. I have heard these stories so often. I'm starting to believe them myself. Prince of Malachia, which was like what we know as modern day Romania. He uh, was ousted from his people or like the Turks came, took him and his brother and they were like prisoners of the Sultan, but they were treated okay. And then they murdered some, a group of people, politicians murdered his dad. So he got really mad and he went back to Wallachia to retake the throne and killed a ton of people very brutally. Lots of women because he hated them because they needed to be chased. Very important. He was a terrible, violent, violent misogynist and uh, like war awful person. And then eventually he was also killed and possibly beheaded. Uh, and that's about it. Like, he was just a really, really violent warlord. There's nothing about him specifically that is vampiric that I can tell, but he was a bad guy. So, Bram Stoker found the stories about him. Yes. And he was like, you know what? Dracula is a way cooler name than Count Wampire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was the original name of Dracula. What was he eating when he thought of that? The only thing he really takes from this is... Killer name, brah. Thank you. And yes. the setting of Romania, he was like, cool. So he creates this uh, vampire person. And so the book is um, written entirely in letters, diary entries, newspaper clippings. Um, and it basically tells the story of Count Dracula from Transylvania and his 
his move to London, England, and the merry band of people led by Professor Arthur Van Helsing, right, right. who tries to murder him. So Helsing's from that book, too. Uh-huh. Van Helsing's from this book, yeah. Um, I mean, basically, that's the general overview. He kills a couple of people. One woman he haunts every night, and he drinks her blood. They try to stop him by putting garlic on her, and then people, like, the maid would come and, like, pick it off of her, and then the vampire would come. So, like, every night it didn't work. They tried putting, um, and then she died uh, because he killed her, and they tried putting a cross on her mouth so that she wouldn't come back as a vampire, but then the maid stole it and put it in her pocket, and she came back as a vampire, so then they had to chase her down and kill her. Was the maid under the thrall? Because holy shit. I don't... No. And then he ends up, like, leaving. He has, like, a little servant that he, like, feeds off of. And she's, like, cursed with vampirism, but she's not an actual vampire. So <laughs> she's, like, this weird half thing. Um, but basically, Bram Stoker at the time, like, really nailed a lot of feelings that Victorians were having about their lives because he essentially made being a vampire kind of this like contagious disease that someone could spread to you and at the time people were just dying in droves of tuberculosis and also syphilis so you had this like sex blood death disease like quadrecta yes for the square of perfection (laughs) (laughs) so people just like ate it up um this wasn't his first book right like you know, I don't actually okay. know what else he wrote. He, he seems to be, like, you know, reading the room, too. So he's like, okay, I'm, I've got some ideas. Here, Sex, clearly. blood, violence, yeah, like, yeah. disease? I mean, it's like yeah. anybody. You'll look out at the world. It's like you're going to write about what yeah, you Yeah, everyone's about, so. thrilled. So, the first four-quadrant novel. Yeah, well, I mean, amazing. Um, since then, there's been a bunch of adaptations of Dracula. Um, the one that I really want to touch on is they started doing, well, first, lore that we get from Dracula is garlic. Mm-hmm. Which also, I guess, is a rabies thing, but, you know, he's kind of the one that cemented it. Um, Dracula turns into a wolf and a bat. Stakes was, like, already a general. You stake the dead people so they can't can't give you tuberculosis. In Italy, apparently, you would shove a brick in their mouth. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Not a bad plan. Anyways. Don't have teeth, can't bite. Okay. The crosses and what was the last one? Oh, the two puncture holes. Like, the Mm. woman who was losing blood every night. They didn't know what was causing the puncture holes in her neck. So... Um, when they started doing play adaptations of this in, like, the 1920s, one of the stage directors had Dracula wear a gigantic cloak with a really high neck that you think of in the classically because it was easier for him to do, like, a little swirl and disappear like he was supposed to be able to do. Bat! (laughs) Bat! And that's now become, like, so iconic. So iconic. That wasn't even in the book. So I think that's amazing. But then the second thing is Nosferatu, the 1922 movie, Um, was basically fanfic of Dracula. He was like, I want to make a Dracula movie, and Bram Stoker's widow was like, oh, fuck you, no, you're not. And so he had to change a bunch of things because he got sued into oblivion for making it. That and makes I thought so much that was sense hilarious. because Nosferatu is ugly and, like, creepy and, mm-hmm. and small, but Dracula's always portrayed as, like, I'm sexy, yeah. I'm a sexy dude. Mm-hmm. So that's funny that they had to change it because, no. No. <laughs> we want the money. <laughs> right. little, little do they know 100 years later. Yeah. We could Dracula all day. All day. <laughs> You're saying Dracula has some sort of freaky mind control over her? You're watching too many creature features, man. Um, but yeah, that's basically that's basically a very short overview of vampire and popular culture. Nice. Specifically about Dracula. 
He's so, such a fixture of pop culture. I mean, mm, it's crazy. The, Everybody knows. The iconic monsters. Yeah, definitely. For sure. But I think that one of the important takeaways, because I didn't really realize this, is that he was not the first. Yeah, I did. By a long shot, actually. I haven't really, really thought about it. And the, and the folklore of people basically ascribing rabies symptoms to vampirism has been a long time. I mean, when we went to um, Poland, we went on that little walking tour, and it, they were talking about all kinds of creepy dead shit that, like, yeah. it was taking I mean, that. this was definitely, like, this happened all over the world, but Eastern Europe was definitely a hotbed for, like, vampires are everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a vampire in your family, and you have to go stake them, and, <laughs> yeah. Wild. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for that. I feel like we know a lot more about vampires in this show. I know 100% more for than I did before I came four in. years. <laughs> I just took it for granted that I just like, eh, I get it. It's fun to be Me either. Well, I wanted to, I, before we saw the glory of Rudolph Martin's <laughs> <laughs> portrayal of Vlad the Impaler, uh, I was, I asked Station if you want to watch Dracula from the early 90s, which has Keanu Reeves. Oh, shit. And uh, Winona Ryder. Mm-hmm. And oh, cool. uh, what's his name? Gary Oldman played nice. Dracula. So. That's I know. I was like, let's watch this. And then I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I found something better. That's almost the quad. Better. That's <laughs> the quadfecta. It's almost. The quadfecta. <laughs> Just a try. Oof. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. But more importantly, I need to know desperately, Sasha, what did you think about this episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Because I love this episode. Anyway, continue. Because you didn't like it. He doesn't I... like it or didn't remember liking it. So I think it's schlocky, it's cheesy. I think Dracula is ugly, and he's supposed to be, like, sexy and mysterious, but he just creeps me out, but not in a good way, and just, like, it, like, ugh. Yeah, right? He, like, <laughs> no shade on Rudolph Martin, but, and especially, he looks better in the uh, TV movie, the USA TV movie. I thought he looks like more of a normal human being. Well, that's because they put a lot of white makeup on his face here. But I thought they really could have, like, got a hunkier dude. Yeah, he's oh, just yeah. not. I'm just I like saying. Him, I like him. I'm saying. He just doesn't, he doesn't do it for me. He's He's got, he's got that charm i think he's got I mean, a big old head and that i think sure. is kind of part of it like he's got the hairline he's got that widow's peak but that could be also makeup so yeah. i don't know i don't know yeah i just i don't i don't buy him as dracula i don't it's hard for me to believe that buffy would like be under his thrall just because i find him so repulsive but magic i know magic but still um and then it just seems like cliche i guess so that's where your past feelings or Again, reaffirmed. Well, so that's how I felt about it. And then I rewatched it and I decided that, no, I was still right. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel, did you reaffirm your feelings or have you turned turned a new leaf? No, I think I've turned a new leaf. It's it's just so fun because it does what we've always talked about, like putting in big things that are happening in the world into a fun episode. Hell yeah. And it's like the Dracula stuff, they yada yada it so much. That I respect the hell out of it. They don't even pretend that they're actually going to try to talk about Dracula in any concrete way. They're just like, Willow is the only download we ever get. Oh, what do we know about Dracula? He likes this. He doesn't like this. That's it. We don't talk about it. Either you know or you don't know because it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And and scenes where Riley, like when he's walking up, he's like, you know, I've lived in Sunnydale for a long time and there's never been a castle here. Like there's no more damning a line, not damning in a bad way. Like that's hilarious. They're so self-aware that oh, this yeah. is so fucking stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> Giles mentioning that he didn't get knocked out. Like this is know, so meta and I just love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And that's what I mean. Like it's just so funny and the, everything's well-written and really it just gives us Dawn and it gives us uh, – you know, a point to restless. Sorry, Stacia. But like, it gives us that connection. It gives us that connection. To Directly. The, yeah. So it's like, there is at least a continuity between those two things, which I was not expecting. I thought we wouldn't really touch on that for a while, but immediately there was that too. And that was cool. Cause that's all you really needed. 
And it was weird, but, like, how are you going to give Buffy that information? Well, why not give it through a very powerful being, right? Well, what's the most powerful being, right? That's probably where Marty was thinking, oh, I'm going to get a really powerful vampire to maybe, you know, reiterate these points. Or, or like, we haven't done the Anne Rice, I mean, other than Angel, like, kind of embodying that, I guess, but, like, we haven't done... She makes the joke about Lestat, right? Like, yeah, totally. and, and people wanting to emulate that. But we haven't really explored that. Like, other than the episode with Billy Fordham, where he wants to be a vampire, we haven't super leaned hard into the like classic tropey, beautiful vampire Which is good. stuff. And they should never do that. But no, I, but I'm glad this is like the perfect way to do that. To yeah. be like, look, we've gone on long enough, and we can't ignore the Dracula's goddamn thing. So <laughs> here true, he is. True, and he's public domain. So mm-hmm. I'm glad Joss pulled the trigger on that to do it because yeah, it's just it's really fun and fantastic and a great way to like put in the first and to um and to get giles too because you need giles to agree to stay right and the only reason he would stay is if buffy was actually up against something big but you you can't you can't make another zeppo where you make fun of it right because like she always goes up against world ending shit so you got to go up against a very unique world ending shit and dracula's perfect for that because you can really make light of it spike i mean everything with spike is just gold but you're not going to catch him napping in a crypt no, the Count has to have his luxury estate and his bug eaters and his special dirt, doesn't he? So you're saying I should check out mansions, that sort of thing? No. I'm saying you should go home to your super honey. Have a nice, safe snog. You're out of your depth on this one, boy. Just made, like, no, that guy owes me 11 bucks. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Tell Dracula to come here. Like, it's good. I mean, it's just the idea of Spike and Anya hanging out with Dracula. That lets your imagination just wander. And that's the best uh, thing that Buffy can do. It might be a detriment because it kind of, like, opens up the world in such a way that, like, Dracula knows about Buffy Summers. Like, that's cool. I wish we explored that a little more. Like, who else knows? But then it's like, no, nah, you just, you it's for you. It's yeah. for you to imagine all your mythical creatures. I mean, even uh, Xander, you know, oh, he probably, does he know Frankenstein? Like, yeah. that's hilarious. And like, fuck. Does he? Maybe Frankenstein's <laughs> real, right? Like, yeah, it, that's amazing. So all that was really charming. And I don't know, again, just like, it, just the Dawn stuff. The Dawn thing floored me. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about it, but yeah, I mean, when I watched this the first time, I don't even remember it because I was so mad that Dawn showed up. I was so mad. <laughs> it was and, an amazing moment. So I, 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 we definitely can talk about this now. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. Um, so the Dawn thing, just for, oh. to give our, our listeners some context, Daniel and I watched this series, Daniel for the first time 2013. in 2013 yeah. together. And I, you better believe I did not tell him a single fucking thing about Dawn. So when this episode happened, he stood Jumped up out of his seat oh and no, just yelled at the God. TV solidly like, no, what? No, God, no what? Please, no. no, as you should. No. And I think that's one of two reactions no. you can have. It's anger, anger and confusion, or just confusion, right? <laughs> that's it. It's anger, confusion, just confusion. Stacia, you watched the series yeah. for the first time, not also not while it was airing. Correct. With one of your friends who had seen this show before. Correct. And what was your reaction to seeing Dawn for the first time? At the end of the episode, I was like, Jenna, I think we watched the wrong episode. And she was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, that's what I said, too. I was like, is this out of order? Like, it just feels like you could have just missed something enormous. Mm -hmm. Because beyond the first, there really is no indication in time where we're Yeah, when you are, yeah, for sure. And and, and that even could be like, oh, shit, we're a whole season on and we're still doing the first. Like, you could uh, could go this whole episode and not know this is literally 
one after Restless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wild. It was truly wild. And just, I love it so much now just because I know this whole season is a fever dream. It's just an alternate reality. And I fucking love it. Which Stupid is me. so good. Which so is smart. Best. Fucking wonderful. Especially after Dracula. It's like, oh, fuck, man. How are they going to top this? What the fuck? <laughs> None of it matters! Which is just the best kind of Buffy when none of it matters, honestly. And that's why this episode is just great, great stuff. Yeah. And the best, uh, I would say the best uh, season opener, in my opinion as well. Uh, In my rankings, aka Science, we'll back that up, that's for sure. Good, I can't wait. Yeah, I I love this episode a lot. The Dawn thing for me, I watched this, this is when I started watching the show in real time. Before this, I, I had seen... I think every episode through FX reruns over the summer because they nonstop, nonstop, two episodes a night every night. Hmm. And I better believe I recorded them all on my goddamn VCR. And so I had almost, I other than a couple episodes that either aired out of order or didn't air for one reason or another, I watched the whole s- series, or so I thought, and then Don happened and I'm like, no! <laughs> I missed the whole season! I missed something! No, Where is it? I don't please, know! No, like, no. I don't know how to even look this no. up! What do I do? I got only 13! No. Ah. I'm only 13! <laughs> but also, like, contextually, too, a 13-year-old would be confused. I mean, you immediately would think, I need to go find something. But, I mean, when you really think about it, it's clearly a cliffhanger. Like, it's clearly meant to be weird, because that scene means nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what even is that except for you're supposed to be shocked by this because otherwise this wouldn't be in an episode type of thing, you know? And t- TV shows just don't do that stuff. That's, that is just That's so what cool. a bizarre Ooh. idea to do and executed fucking perfectly to not, and they don't tell you. You don't because know for don't five episodes. It. It's great. Five episodes, everyone's just like gaslit and... De- I guess maybe she was there. Maybe Hank mentioned it one time. I don't know. What? I what? know. And I, everyone just, Dawn is part of our life. I mean, she does have a dad that no one talks about. Maybe Dawn's been living there. She goes to LA. Maybe she sees her. Maybe we, was, what? 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 But like, even in this episode, like, I was going to talk about that later, but who cares? Dawn must have been created and given to them in this episode because mm. earlier in the episode, Joy says it's going to be really quiet when you go back to college because the house will be yeah, empty. right. So that oh, happens in this episode, which is wild because I never really put that together. I was like, oh, shit, now. Now is when the monks make her. Now is when – and when we get to Real Me, I think – or no, Real Me is the next episode. Um, but whenever we find out more about the key and we see the monks three months earlier, I, I want to make sure it is this moment because – that's killer. That's yeah. killer that we see the inception of the world change. The mm. beginning of this episode, the world is normal as we know it. We have our nice palate cleanser to Restless. We defeated Dracula. Great. And then alternate reality. And that's so cool that the flip is switched. Switch is flipped. Yeah, flip is switched. <laughs> <laughs> and it's over. Look, I just flipped the switch. Flip, flip. I don't know nobody else that's doing this. Body start to drop, hey. They wanna know me since I hit the top. Hey, this a rolling, not a stop. Watch, don't ever stop. This the flow that got the block. Uh, anyway, I love this episode a lot. I think it's theatrical. Again, having the HD copies, it makes me a little more biased, but just instantly felt like so good. It's like watching a movie and just like the writing and everything is just fucking perfect. Well, when Dracula is to smoke, I mean, it's just, it's great. And then she's trying to describe great. it. He smoked into my room or whatever. Like, it was good. <laughs> and I think that uh, I wasn't super paying attention. I didn't see when I was researching stuff. But I think Jane Espenson and Doug Petrie are now producers on the show. And it's just like, I th- it's wonderful that everyone has more agency, that these people have been writing these characters who know them better than anyone, now have a little more creative control to really push them and they're more responsible. I just think that's so cool rewarding your team that's worked so hard 
to do this stuff. Like, yeah, you should be in charge. You know what's going on. And that's great. And I love it. Well, that's that. what I'm going to look for this season, too, is just how, if it can be put together, obviously, better than the initiative season was. Like, yeah. last season was just so so slapdash and fucked up. But immediately, they're coming in with an alternate reality story. Like, that's going to be cool. I mean, I already know they pull it off uh, to a T. But it'll be cool to know, to see the pieces, I guess. Plus, going go. back to the mission statement, what is a Slayer? Like, yeah, that's, that's that's where right. we're coming back to. And that's all because of Restless. And it's just, it's such a nice episode that doesn't really mean anything with the exception of Giles and Dawn to, like, hey, remember our friends. Hey, we're fucking resetting. Forget the initiative. Here are our friends. This is what the show is about. And uh, I think it's perfect. But I think the only way to really talk about this episode is in relation to Dracula. Even though in the end it doesn't really matter. It is fun to see, get to know our friends again. Like, just, ah, nice little comfort blanket of our friends. And how they feel about the world's most famous vampire. <laughs> yeah, and they all know him. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, because you can't not, because no. he is fucking Dracula. But, so, I mean, you never thought about it, though. Like, you know, I never thought about, does Xander know who Dracula is? That's never been a thought that crossed my mind. But, no. But, but of he course. is absolutely lore. Why well, because... Be in the world? I guess we The never... world is basically the same as ours in every way. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything different. No. Except for just, like, we just don't... But vampires are real. Like, demons are real. Yeah, yeah. right. But that like, seems to be the only difference. history is real, yeah. Great point. That is so Giles to think of something like that, you know? That, that we would have never... I wonder how I would feel if I met Dracula. If Dracula was real, how would how would, how would would you feel? I guess it's different because they live in a magical world where vampires are real. I think you're going to have a different context and grasp of the situation. But Buffy meets Dracula and is immediately like, really, though? I know. She, real did, Dracula, she though? seemed really... Like into it, she's like, yeah, this and is fun. This is fun because she has no idea that he's real, which is interesting to think about. Period, because like even Giles doesn't seem to know that he was real necessarily, and yet research exists about it. But so she's like making fun of him, music video wind, and your penetrating eyes. There was no uh, penetration, but is obviously susceptible to the thrall. Now, do you think that Buffy was legitimately? like, turned on by him, kind of, in the way that Riley was jealous of it? Or do you think it was all magic? Isn't there a line like that in here where it's, like, doesn't Riley say that as, like, a hurtful thing? Like, I, you're into vampires. So oh, yeah. Something we'll, like that, yeah. We'll so. talk about that. A lot of this I'm going to um, say for my rankings just because, like, it fits in yeah. better, I think. But, um, yeah, I I think that she she might be, have a predilection to, toward that type of guy, for sure. But, like... I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can discount the thrall because it doesn't seem like she would just let any schmo bite her. Right. Yeah, that's true. You know who I am. As I would know without question that you are Buffy Summers. You've heard of me. Naturally. You are known throughout the world. Nah. Really? Why else would I come here? For the sun, I came to meet the renowned killer. Yeah, I prefer the term slayer. You know, killer just sounds so... Naked? Like I paint clowns or something. I'm the good guy, remember? Perhaps, but your power is rooted in darkness. You must feel it. But I don't know that the thrall would be effective if she didn't think he was attractive. Mm, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Or I just mean, like such a name. That's true. Because who are who are the people that aren't under the thrall? It's Tara who's gay, the Xander holding who's it straight, down. <laughs> and Riley who's straight, right? Yeah. Like the ones that are under the thrall are Willow, who's bi, right. and Anya and Buffy. Yeah. 
Well, they're. Not, I feel like they're not thralled per se. They're just like. Well, yeah, Ooh. but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess Xander is like then put under the thrall or whatever, but yeah. that seems more specific. Yeah, I think that that Anya and Willow are just lusty. I doubt he'd remember me. I was just a silly young thing, like seven hundred or so. But he did say that this guy I curse was doomed forever, which was really sweet, don't you think? It, but Buffy is like a little bit like ooh, curious, but also mostly magicked. Take off that scarf. What? No. You're under the thrall of the Dark Prince. When you were, I don't know if you know more about it, but like you were saying that there's a girl that that Dracula would go on and like in in the her dreams or whatever, feed on her every night or whatever. Yeah. So that's probably what they're kind of getting mm-hmm. at here. Like, was it so dreamy? Like, was it a dream? Was it not? And then obviously you see it and it's like, whoa. Yeah. So I'm sure that's all part of the Dracula shit too. Getting bit right over that scar has got to suck. So I, I question though, like, did it, was that scar always there? Is yeah. It, like, oh, I mean, it's, yeah. it's convenient, ever moving scars. Yeah. That's when the yeah. plot demands, the scar exists. I mean, the thing that's interesting is generally the vampire scars is, are depicted as like two like human bite marks but dracula is too puncture yeah i did notice when you when you were talking yeah. about the puncture wound specifically I was like wow yeah. that that was a little tiny bit of lore too that little well, moment they have him turn into a wolf in this yeah. which isn't yeah. like super iconic now but happened then yeah it's always bat i i not, not always wolf. was a bat yeah bat. right when i turn into a bat there's no real skill to it at all i just shout bat Human form. I think we're establishing in the lore of Buffy because because Dracula is a character. Uh, Dracula shows up in season eight and has like a rapport with with Xander and they kind of recruit him to help fight Twilight and his army in season eight. So like he is still alive. That's why they make a point to show that he's unkillable, which is interesting too. That like he's an unkillable villain that doesn't ever bother them again. Much like the first until it does. But like the first was the first evil biggest baddest never bothers them again until it does. But Dracula doesn't come back. He's just living his life. But we kind of establish within the Buffyverse that Dracula is, in fact, Vlad the Impaler. Like, because Anya says, I met her when I was 700. So she's 1100-something. So that was 400 years ago. So he had to be living. He he had to have been living longer than Bram Stoker's Dracula was written, right? And, like, Spike obviously saying that we were kind of contemporary. Spike's only 128. So... He must have been just a fresh vampire, mouthing off to, to good old Vlad, the Prince of Darkness Bader. Like, he would make sense because Spike would do that. But we do establish that it is Vlad, I guess. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Riley's jealousy, do you think that's real? Oh, yeah. Of, I couldn't tell if it was, like, I think Xander's more like, eh, whatever, Anya's, like, yeah, he doesn't seem affected. Yeah, I don't think Xander cares because Anya is Anya. And yeah. Riley was, like, thrown for a loop with Angel and his, like, big hulking blackness or whatever he called it in the last season mm-hmm. and how, like, oh, he's so different than me and he's a vampire and he's evil and, oh, if that's what he's like when he's nice, I'd hate to see him when right. he's evil. And, of course, you're going to, like, Dracula, the most vampire vampire in the world if you like Angel and... Yeah, I imagine, like, he says that line, like, something that Buffy makes fun of. Oh, of course there'd be transference. What a weird word to use. Um, But do you think this is legit, Daniel? Do you think this is legit setting up Riley's short arc for this season? Because he's only around for six or seven episodes. Yeah, they're... Yeah, I do. Uh, like, I mean, the, these are the cracks forming. Like, he's already really cognizant of Buffy's taste in men. Like, I mean, I think that it. started last season. Yeah, they yeah. already laid that ground, so... Yeah, so this is just piling They're just yeah. reminding you. I definitely think that I've been more charitable to Riley this time around than I probably ever have. Oh, I'm, like, waiting for him to be terrible. He's, yeah, he's just, like, not. He's not the worst. I yeah. mean, that, that, our rankings from last year just really it wasn't going to work out in, in that favor. 
He just isn't that bad, but he just isn't right for Buffy. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think he sucks. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> like, has a lot of he sucks. Doesn't, he doesn't fit with our friends. Yeah, he does. Right. Well, no, but he holds her back. He His does. insecurities make her less superhero-y than she actually is. She's always she, going to, like, make herself smaller. For yeah, him. and she specifically says that. Like, I held back when we were fighting. I didn't want to hurt him. And he was like, really throw the football. And she does. And she, like, knocks him out. You know, like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, the he, ca- casual misogyny where it's and, like, you threw like a girl. <laughs> and, but the problem is, like, he can't compete, which Buffy is fine with, but he's not. So he's constantly making her feel like garbage for who she innately is. And I just think that's terrible. Like, Spike is not like that. Angel is not yeah. like that. They have their own issues. They're also not good. Yeah. But, like, Riley is, like, uniquely crappy in that he, like, no one else has ever made Buffy feel bad for being who she is. Yeah. And he does that. And he can't deal with it. And that's ultimately the reason that they break up is he's like, I, I'm i not who you need. I've decided. When she's like, this, this is not, like, my choice that I'm making. And he's like, well, I'm making it for you because you don't know yourself. I mean, whatever. That's right. In the end, I mean, they don't go together. Because he treats her like garbage. Yeah, but but she was going to... I think she would have allowed to keep going just because she needed to prove to herself she could have a normal boyfriend more than anything else. So Riley breaks up with Buffy. That's what... Yeah, he leaves. Yeah, He leaves. Yeah, and that's what... Like, being more charitable to Riley, not necessarily, like, does he make the right choices? Is he good for Buffy? Is he a good person? But, like, I... I'm more charitable in the storytelling arc of it mm. because I'm noticing now way more subtleties. Like, this little moment, for some reason, really clicked in my head. Like, oh, he really knows she is not into him. Like, he knows, and this is him first. his first little steps of, I get it. Like, you were with Angel, and I'm just never going to be the one. And then when he has a little heart-to-heart with Xander later when he straight up says Buffy doesn't. And not in this episode, but in uh, either the next one or the one after. She doesn't love me. Like, it's cool to see those cracks really here. Yeah. It's like bare, even if it just it's played off as like jealousy. Like, yeah, it's the, the dude's. I feel a little bad for him. The dude's sad. I mean, yeah. I mean, the show knows it too. I mean, just the way Buffy is like coddling him. They're not like shying away from those. I'm moments. your girl. Don't worry. I'm your girl. And like, it really reassurance, reassurance, like we leave yeah. our friends to specifically watch them in that moment do that thing at least twice in this episode. And I think that that's pretty telling too. Yeah, like that's not something happening off in the corner. That's like. You need to know that she is saying, don't worry, Bubby. Yeah. We're good. I love you. What's with Riley's uh, turn on Spike? So he goes to Spike's crib and he's like, hey, I'll give you money if you give me information about Dracula. Does not give Spike any money, by the way. But um, and then by the end of the conversation, he's like, I will kill you. Almost apropos of nothing, they're like, Buffy might be afraid. Like, he, they were talking about Dracula, everything's fine, and then he says, Buffy might be afraid to kill you because, or doesn't want to kill you because you have a chip in your head and you've helped her before, but I will. Like, what the fuck? What just happened, man? He's doing what he did when he almost killed yeah. Grandma. He's freaking, he's flipping <laughs> out. Like, oh, yeah. He's at Willie's. Grandma. Yeah, oh. at Willie's, he's like, I don't know who's a demon and who isn't. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're. <laughs> what shoots him? Jesus. Grandma. I'm so out, I've got my grandma fixing me up with guys. That's what I mean. I think Riley, like, he was on drugs at that point, right? But Or coming off the drugs. But I think that there's a streak of that. I mean, even with him being like, if we had the initiative, we'd be yeah. done in 10 minutes. It's like, shut the fuck up. That's not helpful right now. But I think that is who Riley is. And I think, him just trying to spike. I think he's he doesn't want to be there in some ways, too. Like, he okay. doesn't want to be fucking around the people that he used to hunt. Well, I was going to say, do you think it's much like an initiative? Uh, I think so, yeah. Because he's like, why do I, why should I have to go? and talk to these demons for information. I should just be able to run around and fucking commando my way through this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do think there's there's a lot of... Like, well, and Spike does go to him and he's like, you're out of your depth, boy. And I he's like, that. you know what? I'll kill you. <laughs> just that, like... 
The audio is such an wide. extreme reaction. That was good. Spike was excellent. Oh, so yeah. good in this episode. It was fantastic. Uh, there was another little subtle thing with Riley. I can't believe I'm talking about Riley so much. Um, where he's like, I'm, I'm pretty wired. Uh, I can't go to sleep. And they're like, sex oh. joke, sex joke. Bah, bah, bah. Um, <laughs> he's going to freak out soon. He's going to, yeah. when the episode of Harmony comes back, Spike wants his chip out. We find out that Riley's on the brink of having a heart attack. Well, that might be a couple episodes in because, oh, that's when we find Joyce goes to the hospital. Uh. Ben is there. Dawn is playing around with a stethoscope, puts it on Riley's heart, and it's going, do, 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 and they're like, oh, you are going to die because of shit the initiative did to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was a cool little thing I never noticed before. That they're like, oh, episode one. Riley's fucked up. Riley can't sleep. Something's going on with Riley. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that Look was at this cool. show doing stuff. I know. Uh, and, okay, I did, does anyone else find it weird that Giles knows nothing about Dracula? Like. Do you think that is because he just thought it was a myth or like there's legit no information? Did he on say it? that it was a myth? He's like, because uh, don't they turn to him and he's like, well, a lot of it's shrouded in myth or something like that. So I think he might, he might, he knows who Dracula is because he seems very charmed that Dracula has shown up and he's not shocked by it. Yeah, I guess that's right? true. So like, he definitely he does, isn't like, whoa, Dracula. But I'm sure if anyone is shrouded in myth, it would be Dracula, right? It's like, even if you're like, oh, we live in a world of demons, Dracula's real and people tell you that, Spike could tell you that. But then it's like, have you seen Dracula? And I mean, Spike would say, 11 bucks. That was probably 200 years ago, right? It's like, which is like $200. Do- right, right. I mean, with interest, <laughs> but pay up. Yeah. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he disappears from time to time. He seems to get very, I mean, as I said in here, he gets very personal connections, right? So he probably, that's his MO, right? He goes to a place, he hunkers down, he lives forever. So fucking just invest all your time in someone yeah. and get that connection and get that high. And then whatever you do, whatever, turn him whatever. And they made a point to say that he doesn't, like, kill randomly as much, which would really lower your profile if you're not just, you know, this guy showed up, he lives in this crazy mansion, and, oh, man, 100 people have died in the last three weeks. Right. It's just like this, I'm going to obsess over this one girl. Interesting that he seems to only choose women because Giles has a little throwaway line about, uh, like, she must desire him, she must burn for him. So it's like, huh, because other vampires seem to be pretty, like, doesn't matter. polyamorous with their love. They don't really care. <laughs> they, like, are the pansexuals of the demon world that just... Do whatever to whoever because who they need feeds to eat. on who. Yeah. Well, I think that was the distinction they made with Dracula. It's like, yeah, he will kill to feed, but that's not what he wants to do. Yeah. yeah. And so he's all like, about the ladies. Yeah. That's him. Cool, Dracula. Do we think? I mean, he was also he is Vlad the Impaler specifically. Yeah. So but, that is the one thing Giles does. He says, uh, "Willow and Tara, why don't you research Vlad the Impaler?" Again, right. reaffirming that that's that's he, the real quote unquote. But he was so story brutal. Vlad the Impaler was so brutal, and, and then this Dracula is just a chill guy. So Are we chill. saying that over time? We'd all he mellow out. out. You know, we'd all just chill. Like Some point we're like, "Yeah, we're not so mad anymore." I was bad <laughs> when I was thirty, but now I'm three thousand. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it does that, happen in, like, True Blood and stuff. They definitely talk about, like, I burned with a passion when I was, you know, a, up to a thousand. After a thousand, you're like, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, that definitely seems to be true for even the vampires that we know and love, right? Angel is... No, true. I mean, yes, he's ensouled, yeah, but, like... Okay. Spike, not ensouled. He seems to have slowed down a little bit. Maybe not, though. Just has a chip. Okay, so maybe not. Maybe not in the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> They're just fucked up forever. I think you kind of have to believe that there's a dangerous element to the vampires and that some of them transcend it. But not all of them. That's why you can kill them indiscriminately. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have to believe. I mean, we have to believe well, that they're bad. did it seem like they got more bad than less bad because of the master? Like, wasn't he supposed to be, like, the oldest vampire or whatever? And that's why he looked all fucked up? Yeah, and well, the hell mouth, uh, right? I mean, the whole... That's going to make him fucked up. Yeah, too, but right? for most, like, that that's canonical in the Buffy verses that the older... Which is interesting about uh, Dracula, too, but the older you get, the more 
malformed you become. That yeah, you, you look more, more like the a demon. bat or more like yeah. whatever. Uh, but Dracula, interestingly enough, doesn't have vamp face at all. And neither did the three sisters. How old is, I mean, if Dracula's only 400 then, right? Mm-hmm. He's, how old He's was the master nearly, then? The master was like really he, old, right? So like a I mean. thousand so or something? Yeah. yeah, so that it'll take a while to. But like, it's interesting that he can feed without being a, having vamp face, which I don't think we've seen before. Last night, it's not going to happen again. Stop me. Stake me. Uh, any minute now. Do you know why you cannot resist? Because you're famous? Because you do not want to. Man, I'm so jacked. I'm ready to yell about some stuff. Are you, Stacia? Don't you want to yell? I love yelling. <laughs> Can you oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was just a question. <laughs> oh, what do I have to yell? Buffy likes slaying more than Riley. Buffy likes slaying? Slaying. Oh. <laughs> More like she was the one to be like, don't you want to go have sex? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, which is, I feel like that's a little bit of a difference, too, although he's going to get jacked up, and he's going to go demon crazy by himself later, so don't worry. We didn't talk about Joyce very much in this episode. Joyce! But Joyce also had uh, a, an interaction with our with our homeboy. Oh, the Dark Prince, that's right. I'm not like this. I don't invite strange men over for coffee. It's just... Oh, when you girls are older, you'll understand. It's hard to date. Sometimes you just feel like giving up on men altogether. And then the longest lingering face on Tara. We got the joke immediately. We didn't need to pause that we long and turn it into cringe. Long. You went for a fun joke to an upsetting cringe moment. <laughs> What are you talking about? I love that moment. No, it's great. But it's just the way we linger. Because the problem is Amber Benson does it twice. She looks at Willow. Perfect. And then we linger so long. She looks away and then looks back. And then it's cringe. It's like, oh, we linger too long. Yeah. Um, I really liked that Dracula dunked on Xander and said, you are strange and off-putting. You are strange and off-putting. Go now. That's a great moment. He also dunks on Angel. He was unworthy. Yes. <laughs> you got him right. Uh, the beach that they're hanging out on is one of the most unappealing beaches in the history of the world. <laughs> they're they at, at, they're at, they're in California. Have you Does been it? to the Oregon coast, my friend? Oh, no, yeah. Look like this a is California. California. It's not. I mean, look, look how fucking rocky it oh, is. That's that is, rocks. Yeah, that is rocks. That's Oregon beaches, homie. Willow's fucking around with magic now, friends. You guys, Willow just made it rain. <laughs> like, that's pretty serious. Wild. That's an X-Men power. Think about if you meet a monster who's like, man, I just... Wicked Witch of the West, right? Shows up. Like, oh, I can't get wet. Fucking... <laughs> well, it's like, let me light a fire real quick. Yeah, let me light a fire and fuck it up and bring the rain. As unappealing as the beach may be, they got a cherry spot. There's a goddamn grill. There, I was looking. I was like, does every, is it like every 10 feet there's a grill? No. They just found the one grill on the beach and they're like, ours. If I was everyone else, I'd be like, I don't want one motherfucking grill. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying smg back tattoo i don't know if you got a still of it this is the first time that i've ever seen and the makeup department clearly forgot about she's got a little like flower on her back right shoulder and nobody thought to cover it up uh when are we gonna talk about canonically buffy's goddamn shoulder tattoo she never got one i think there's a throwaway line in one episode that i can't remember that she thought about getting a little butterfly one maybe that was in the comic look the thing is they didn't cover it up Stacia, <laughs> the name of this episode should have been euro trashed yeah yeah it's pretty good that was great. Uh, not as good as Buffy versus Dracula, but thank you. No, <laughs> thank you. You're a trash. Wow. It's the best title ever. Worst title ever. 
Uh, we get a little bit more of Buffy's personality, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Ooh, posters. R.I.P. John Prine, but oh. uh, In Spite of Ourselves was a record from 1999. I did not uh, notice that. Yeah, with Iris DeMint. So they do duets, old duets from the 40s and 50s. Beautiful. Uh, John Prine's great. I don't see Buffy being a John Prine fan necessarily. Um, she but contains multitudes. Contains multitudes. And also, I believe that we've seen Behind Her Bed before. And that has not been there. So she has definitely recently put up that poster. New fan. Behind her new fan. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know from the 90s, when you become a new fan of something, you got to go to the store. you got to cop the poster. It's true. I mean, I definitely did. I so. had an entire wall of posters. Although, again, for John sure. Prine, that's a, that's a tough buy. I don't think your target is having a John Prine poster. She had to order that specially. Had to get Willow to hack into the internet to buy from wherever you bought that. There is a record phone. store on Maple oh. Court, man. Bigger records. You know what? I'm an idiot. Come on. Anyways, personality. Buffy has one. <laughs> uh, the other thing. You know, I did not notice that John Prime poster, but you know what I did notice? The Scanster 4000. Did you see the box? We, okay, I can't confirm. I can't confirm the letters. S-C-A-N-S-T-E. But you can't see the R mm. because it's blocked by the table leg. Underneath the desk that Willow is scanning all the books on, there is a box for the newly acquired scanner that she is super stoked about. And I cannot help but feel like it says Scanster 4000. And that is the best name of a scanner ever. Do we ever scan uh, in the future of this show? We've scanned in the past. Dire consequences. Yeah, Never haven't we Mark, learned our lesson? The Destroyer. Right. Well, I've scanned them into her file. It may be a futile gesture, but I suggest we um, d- delete it. Solid. I met him online. I'm like, for what? Don't get too close. Okay. Okay. So which file do you think it is? Willow? I'm putting out a flash. I just hope enough of my group responds. That's probably it, right? I'll just... Delete the whole thing. It's Moloch. <laughs> Stay away from Willow. It is none of your business. The corruptor? So that's what Malcolm looks like. So he just wanted to do this for, for them. And he thought, well, since I'll be here, we don't actually need to scan these. Like, I mean, it's still a great oh, wait, idea. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm it's still. Yeah. digitizing. Great. For sure. Giles, you're really sucking it up. You're getting into the 21st century. I love it. I mean, I think we've gone backwards in technology because they were using that handheld one for Moloch. And we're not confused. We're not scared about that. How short our memory is that we scanned once upon a time, we scanned some books and a goddamn demon came out of the Internet. So beware. Yeah. Well, you forget. There's a huge spider on the table. (laughs) (laughs) There's Xander eats it. Where's Wendell? (laughs) Well, I think there are. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Wendell would be very upset about this spider. They're not insects. They're arachnids. They're from the Middle East? Spiders are arachnids. They have eight legs. Insects only have six. Why does everyone make that mistake? But where the fuck did that spider come from? That thing was so was big. big. I Terrifying to live in Sunnydale. That was my first thought. Like, what the fuck? And you're all They're very, like, spider. casual about that big-ass spider being yeah. there. No one saw I mean, it except Xander. Yeah, and yeah, Xander still. wanted to eat it. He probably would have been like, whoa, yeah, there's a fucking spider. As it's we know from out. living in Spider House, where there is one, there's many. So that's probably not the first one that's been around Giles' apartment. No, thanks. But he also ate it, which was fucked up. What a snack. That's a big old spider. I hate it. What does hairy eyeball mean? I know. 
Personally, I can't get through a day without a little hairy eyeball. Do you know? Do you I know? I have no idea. I don't know. Is it supposed to just mean like a disappearing? I mean, I think that's what usually it's usually? used Have you heard it used for? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard it used before. No, I've never heard it in my life. Really? Yeah. yeah no. Weird. So contextually, I'm just going to disapproving look. Yeah. Disapproving like fact eyebrow look. Okay. Yeah. Going to have to think. Nice. Uh, Riley and Giles are just entering homes in the Sunnydale area. I want that to be known. Like, they just walk into people's houses and see if Dracula's there. Like, <laughs> I mean, they don't necessarily walk in. They might just knock on the door and walk, are you Dracula? That home. They walked into that home. Now, obviously, it's a castle. We've never seen it before. It's probably where Dracula is. But <laughs> you gotta, like, what the fuck are they doing? And also, what a weird quest of, like, hey, let's go check out all the mansions in Sunnydale and just knock on their easily get to a bulldoors like this won't take any time at all even though they're all going to be gated they're all going to be fucking voice command and it's the middle of the night that is true they are definitely Tough. within the gate within the property of that that home you the, the they, they would be calling the cops <laughs> sunnydale pd would be showing up and they would do what i am not going to do here because there's no point because we didn't see because the cop there's no cop no cop and no buffy so they wouldn't have any reason to go on a tangent about where yous have been <laughs> but hopefully there will be a cop. hopefully there will be a cop somewhere. oh there will be a paramedic womp, womp, womp. we'll see i mean there's paramedic before with uh when they took uh whatever uh, her name is the one we faith, <laughs> faith. <laughs> whatever her name is the one you know faith another thing i noticed do you know what's in xander's basement now a new poster for him hmm. it's a poster full of animal butts <laughs> It is literally just the rear end of a bunch of animals. <laughs> like, just like the balls poster, but with animal butts. <laughs> <That's> Why? <laughs> God, I wish I knew the answer. <laughs> and yet, I have no questions. <laughs> the person in charge of props found it in the garbage and was like, well. Ah, <laughs> and Xander. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll finish with Riley punching Xander was excellent and deserves it for that butt poster, for sure. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <laughs> Uh, that was a great Riley moment. Riley's I mean, got great moments in this episode. Moments. Just over Riley is excellent in this episode, and punching Xander is definitely part of it. And Xander playing it up, I want to give him props too. I thought he was very funny. Just doing the whole like Prince of Darkness. Thing oh, Nicholas Brendan is, so is funny. fantastic in this episode. I just yeah. like shout out to him. As much as you might hate Xander, like watching him eat the jelly donut like a fucking and then like oh, and why, a big drip comes why. out. Oh my god. <laughs> Fucking fantastic. It's comically brilliant. He just like walks out of the room uh, just because a jelly donut has been unsurfaced uh, like, from and he just walks right out. It's like, I'll take that. Boom. <laughs> shoves it in his face and walks away. It's not even that he shoves it in his face. He holds it with both hands and oh, right. no, no, it no, like a right. weirdo. It's, it's a, and it drips on the floor. <laughs> that's just part of it even though that probably was not planned. Like, I love so it. So good. It's love so it. good. Where's the creep that turned me into a spider-eating man bitch? He's gone. Damn it. You know what? I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of being the guy who eats insects and gets the funny syphilis. As of this moment, it's over. I'm finished being everybody's butt monkey. Check. No more butt monkey. It's been so long that I almost forgot that uh, we're a real podcast. And you can find us everywhere at BeatMePod. That has not changed. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, you can also find us at beatme.wordpress.com because that's going to be fun of, fun of, full of fun things. Like any references we might make, if you're like, hey, where'd you get that clip from? Boom, it's going to be there. Show notes, boom, they're, they're there. They're there for you. There's also a whole other thing for you on Spotify. You ever heard of it? You can go to Spotify and type in beatme-funtime playlist for podcast fans. Season 5! 
and you will find all the music that we might use within this podcast as well as any actual songs. Vertical Horizon, where my Vertical Horizon heads at. What? But another thing that it's been a while for is our watches. And maybe they've changed. Who knows? We certainly need an update, and I need it from you, Daniel. Tell me about it. I'm going to do my best here. Uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. Here. Oh, I will. The Xander Construction Outfit watch? No. no. Hawaiian a, shirt. Hawaiian shirt. I just feel so that's bad weird. for him. Well, we're, we're setting up the replacement. I think we're making him as illusory as we can yeah, for fair. the replacement. That's fair. Uh, maroon jacket watch? No. Didn't see Two jacket. colors of red pants that we got. Bright red. I guess we Red pants, leather pants. I guess we'll keep it on here um, as a legacy one until Riley is gone. But Forrest is gay for Riley watch. Oh. R.I.P. Forrest. Let's R. say R. it again. Uh, clearly, Riley's still devastated by the loss. Yeah. Uh, I think that actually speaks to all of his action station. That's why he's so mm. the way he is because he misses, he misses Forrest. I didn't take that into account. That's probably why he's feeling weird. Yeah, totally. Uh, chips Ahoy. We do talk about the chips. So Riley does use it as leverage against Spike, so... Fair enough. A Dehoffen watch, no. Sandy watch, no. Man, Michael I really Amy... need to find out what episode she's in because we're totally gonna miss it. Michael Amy Wicca Goth watch. Yeah, we'd light a fire, but that doesn't count. That's Willow's ranking. That's Willow yeah. doing it, right? Yeah. It's uh, so books a million. We don't really look at books. I mean, there are a ton around. They are scanning around, them, but I, mean, I didn't get a title anywhere. No, like... we're definitely scanning them on the Scanster or whatever. Scanster four thousand. Yes, and. Uh, you know, obviously talking about Dracula is kind of the lore of Dracula. So there's that book by Bram Stoker. Have you heard of it? <laughs> Have you heard of him? Uh, streets Ahead, no new streets, although we're on the street with the castle. Uh, but it's not named. Nothing's named in this. So I would say no. I think. Oh, so we get a, maybe an update on Giles's address. They do show the outside facade and it's 4616 something. Mm. And I think the facade is different. The, the establishing shot of his house, I think, is a different house than it has been. Mm, I don't but know. I can't confirm. Giles' biggest KO, definitely him commenting on him being KO'd. And I also just want to bring up now that I think this watch is stupid because in the end, I thought he was going to get knocked out all the time. And it turns out it's just a big red herring. He never gets fucking knocked out. Uh, Yeah. Do you want me- Nothing. I'm nothing glad you brought happens. that up, Daniel. I'm going to tell you real quick an account of every single time he's knocked out and how we should probably give this up because he's been knocked out in. This is the totality of it. The Witch. Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, Prophecy Girl, When She Was Bad, Passion, Becoming Part One, Beauty and the Beast, Homecoming, Revelations, Gingerbread, Earshot, and Flooded, which means the only knockout we were going to get for the rest of the series isn't Flooded, Flooded, which which is season six, six, episode three, I believe, or four, whatever, but early season six. That's it. That is it. So I'm a little peeved. How dare you show? Remind me of this trope that is no longer a trope of the show. Yeah. We're done with it. Goodbye, Giles K.O. And we're going to replace it with Dawn's Piercing Screams. That's right. Dawn's Piercing Screams. I believe one features in at least four or five episodes. Now, she's in every episode to the end of the series, but I don't know that we get a piercing scream. And you, everyone listening, better know exactly what I'm talking about. And also, if you see Sandy and we don't say anything, <laughs> please tell us that we miss Sandy. I've missed you. Because I haven't visited, right? That's it? That's all. Oh, wow. I mean, she didn't scream, so no. She didn't scream. And no to the cave. She kind of did. Oh, that's That's not the same. (laughs) That's not the same. Don't call that a piercing scream. It's not the same. We want get out, get out, get out. That's what we want. Okay. (laughs) 
Oh, man. Let us rank this so episode. It's hot in here. Summer, summertime. That's why we're on the beach. We should be on the beach. But we'll actually talk about the net. I gave it a minute. There's a fire on the beach, guys. And I can't understate. Overstate? Can't overstate Scanser 4000, so I gave it an 8. I am lazy. And so for the next category, I have, in, as I want to do, to enable me to juke the stats even harder this season, I have combined Joyce is a Terrible Mom and Riley Ruins Everything. Nice. Until Riley leaves and until Joyce dies, and then we'll have a new surprise category. Wow. But for now, Joyce slash Riley... Uh, I gave it an eight because they're both great in this episode. Joyce is like, oh, I love you. I wish you were around more. Oh, I mean, I don't a vampire in, which gives her a little bit of a down point there, but because she should fucking know better at this point, but she's just so lonely. I know. And now she's got a kid. She's fine. <laughs> she's got a daughter she actually cares about. <laughs> uh, and Spike does threaten, or sorry, Riley does threaten Spike's like for no real reason. Yeah. That's a little bit of a negative, but still eight, still eight, still That's eight. Strong. That's for a combination, Riley and Joyce, the most reviled characters you on already, this podcast. You already said Number that you're juking this stuff. Eight. So Number eight. Giles. We don't trust that. Ten. Giles gets a ten because he's wearing comfy sweaters, he's wearing corduroy pants, and he loves his Slayer daughter. He is digitizing, uh, he's labeling ambulance, he's indexing his diaries. Sure is. He's digitizing his library. To take care of his Slayer daughter. He incredible. thought she didn't need him anymore, but she does. And that's like the most heartwarming thing. I need to know more about where I come from, about the other Slayers. I mean, maybe, maybe if I can learn to control this thing, I could be stronger. I could be better. But I'm scared. I know it's going to be hard. And I can't do it. Without you. Gosh, I wish Giles were here. He'd know what to do. I need your help. Didn't you guys think that? I need you to be my watcher again. Actually, I was more thinking bat. Yeah. I mean, I, I we constantly brought up last season about how, what is Giles doing? What? Is, how does he fit in this? And and I think it's a really smart and logical thing for an adult person to be like, she doesn't need me. Like, yeah. I, I serve this function. Not only am I aimless, but I'm like... Missing my home, like I, I don't, I don't belong here. I, I came here for a job. My job is over. I stuck around because I love these kids. I love her, and I, I want to make sure she has the best. But she doesn't need me anymore. And God, turns this, out, you do. I do need you, and, and it's, it's like, and I need ugh. you. It's lovely. And we needed it. Mm-hmm. We needed it so bad. Like I can't stress enough how this is such a good healing. Everything that people feel bad about season four, it's just like fixed. Yep. Fixed it. We fixed everything. So great. So he gets a ten for that for sure. Yes. Monster of the week. There's not a whole lot in the way of like bad guy monster makeup stuff, so special effects wise. But it's Dracula. But it's Dracula. Ten. Ten. It's got to be ten. <laughs> There's nothing but a ten that you can give. Any dunks on Angel. That's great. <laughs> so, That's great. Like, relationship goodness or badness. Other than some jealousy, obviously, like we talked about Riley, the cracks. But is he really a friend at this point? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I gave it a nine because of that, just for the rockiness there. But everyone else is great. Everything is great. Other than Spike and Riley. Spike and Buffy and Spike. Riley's having a hard time with relationships. But everyone else is great. Yeah. Riley is the fish out of water here. I mean, he's been struggling. He will struggle until he's done. Even more now. I mean, his entire world 
literally exploded. Like the initiative yeah. exploded. Well, it's it is over. <laughs> like, he lost his love of his life. I mean, he lost his boyfriend. He lost all of his friends in every structure and stability that he's known for the last however except long. Except Graham. Graham is out there in the world. So and he will be back. He will. We will find Graham. And he will draw him back in. I love it. I cannot wait. And Riley's never happier than when he's a commando. I know. And when he comes back in season six to rub it all in Buffy's face. Episode specific. It has to be for me. And I don't know why this sticks in my head so much. Again, another reason why I soften on Riley is the... I've lived in Sunnydale a couple of years now, and you know what I've never noticed? A big honking castle. Five out of ten. Not because the line is bad, but because it doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I think the line... It's like five is the perfect ranking. Also, again, I cannot juke the stats enough. Second only to... Mom! Because of how important that is. If I did go with Mom, though, I would have to put 10 of 10 because of how shattering that is for the entire Mm. series of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So good. That's why I had to stick with 5 because I need to juke the stats. This still gives it 50 points overall, which is, to put in context, I have only ranked 5 episodes total, 50 or higher. Restless Passion. Those are two of them. Becoming part one and two, amazingly, in Hush. In Hush, yeah. Zero in season three got 50 or above, yeah. which is damning because I like season oh. three. I think you're drawing a lot of crazy conclusions about the unholy prince. Vader. Season. Buffy versus Dracula. Stacia, where did you put it? It's way above Restless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> put it at 32 out of 79. Okay. Middle. Middle. Middle time. Firmly middle. Yeah. That's good. That could be. Where, oh, oh, sorry. Where's the Dark Age? Yeah, where's Dark Age at this point? Give us a it's good. It's three update. below. Three be- below this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. but below, definitely. I mean, you know. Yeah. Dark Age will forever ruin my rankings <laughs> because I only have eyes for you as below Dark Age, and that should not stand. Yeah, but that's why we need to. We need that barometer. We need that constancy with the Dark Age. <laughs> I'm putting it officially at number forty-two. Out of 137. Nice! Yes. I was originally going to put it way, not way lower, but in the 50s, 60s. But then I was like, you know, it, it is the best first episode. But do you know what's one above it? The Freshman. Which is season four. Which is season four. Um, but I have said already that it is the best intro. So, like, it is a better episode than The Freshman. <laughs> but it has Who to be Who am I below. supposed to believe? I don't know. I'm, like, struggling because it is a, it is a non-episode. And even the stuff that it delivers on are just, they're important stuff, but they're not like, I mean, the, the Dawn stuff is world shattering, but, but we don't you could have done it in any episode. You could have done it anywhere. It wasn't necessarily Dracula. Dracula was a great spectacle that really just diverted um, your eyes with the Dawn stuff. Mm-hmm. But the freshman also was important because it was our first post high school years, right? So like, I think that's why I put that up so high. And it was just an episode of hanging out. There really wasn't much to it. And we introduced ourselves to a lot of new people. Yeah. Whereas this one we don't, which is fixing season four, right? We're not doing new people this episode. Yeah, we're really closing strong. the circle instead of... And the more we talk, the more I just want to put a higher. That was gross. Man, season five. Can't be more excited. But we have to put this one in the books officially. So Stacia, do you have anything else to say about it? No. Dan, do you have anything else to say about Buffy versus Dracula? No. Okay, well, that's it. We're on to the next episode. Uh, Real me. We're going to talk, really talk about Dawn. Yes. And it's going to be great. Except for we're not really going to talk about Dawn because we still don't know anything about her. But don't ever forget she's been here the whole time. So excited for season five. Until then, Daniel, say goodbye. Where's Where's my my burger? burger? Kill me! Sorry.
I'm sorry, Connor. That's fine. Stacia! But I do want my burger soon. Stacia, say goodbye. Soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye! Just the way he said it, you know, I mean, he made it sound so sexy. I bet he made it sound sexy. Kinda. He have the dark, no eyes and lilty accent. She thinks all my jokes are corny. Convict movies make her horny. She likes ketchup on her scrambled eggs. Swears like a sailor when she shaves her legs. She takes a licking and keeps on ticking. I'm never gonna let her go. He's got more balls than a big brass monkey. He's a whacked out weirdo and a love bug junkie. Sly as a fox, crazy as a loon. Payday comes and he's a howling at the moon. But he's my baby. I don't mean maybe. I'm never gonna let him go. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up a sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. We're gonna spike our noses right off of our face. I wonder if he knows Frankenstein. <laughs>